Hello, everyone, and thanks for listening to the Food Service for Thought podcast. As a separate endeavor from Forbes, Hever, and Wallace, our goal with this platform is to connect all aspects of the food service industry through thoughtful, fun, and interesting conversations with people throughout the industry. While understanding the sensitive nature of our competitive industry, we are grateful for the opportunity to interview guests that are current and future customers of ours, as well as specialists in industry segments that we ourselves are just learning about. If you think you or someone you know would be an energetic and entertaining guest, or if you have a topic that you would like us to explore, please leave a comment or reach out to us directly. Our emails are in our bio. Thank you again for choosing to listen and remember to sit back, relax, and click play. Today's guest is Suzanne Quiring, a registered dietitian both in Canada and the USA. She is a member of the Dietitians of Canada, Washington State Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, and the Dietetics and Healthcare Communities. She's a certified dietary manager with ANFP and a member of the CSNM. Suzanne has over 25 years' experience in the healthcare community food service industry as a director of food service, dietitian, and consultant. She has also personally worked in all areas of residential care. In 2000, Suzanne invented the Suzy Q cart system, which is a movement on an improved way on how we typically do meal delivery in our LTC dining rooms, which allows for more residential interaction and choice, hotter food, and less food waste. To date, she has helped over 700 communities throughout North America improving the dining experience for residents with her Suzy Q cart system. Suzanne has also been published in 10 professional journals and has been a speaker at national conferences and was awarded the Marie Taylor Award for Excellence in Long-Term Care by Dietitians of Canada in 2015. Please join us in welcoming Suzanne Quiring. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Food Service for Thought podcast. I am Justin. And I'm Carrie. And we are joined today by Suzanne Quiring, who is an inventor of the Suzy Q cart system for long-term care and healthcare facilities. Welcome, Suzanne. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. So we are, we've been really excited uh, to talk with you because uh, the healthcare just in general is something that we as a company are learning more about. And Carrie and I have had a lot of discussions just about what a, what a broad industry that is as part of the food service industry. So, uh, so we're really excited to, to talk with you about some of it. So as we get into this, can you kind of share um, the, the how, but more importantly, maybe the why as to why you got into this industry and why you focused mm-hmm. on becoming a dietitian and, and doing all that sort of stuff? Mm-hmm. I would love to. Uh, I started as, uh, I trained as a registered dietitian at university, and then uh, some of my first jobs fresh out of school was really working in long-term care and healthcare communities, and I worked both in management and clinical roles of doing that, and I noticed really quickly that how we did meal service in the dining rooms or in our healthcare worlds was very, very different than the hospitality industry and how we typically ate at home. And I felt that there was a huge disconnect. I felt that dining experience was really poor, but I really didn't know any other way because how I was trained was how everybody does meal service. So it didn't really matter if I went to one long-term care community or I went to another one. We all seemed to do it all the same way. And I thought, I wonder if it could be better. And so I really just went on a journey to find a different way to do things. Um, I was really upset with really the disconnection that was happening between the staff and their customer, which was the resident. I felt it was very institutional. 
I knew there was a lot of food waste because I was in the kitchen at the end of meals looking at how much of my groceries was going down the carburetor. Um, there was a lot of lists and just overall that whole connection piece was not working really well. So I went on a journey to find a better way and my aha moment for me was when I was on a plane and the airline stewardess asked me if I would like something to drink and I thought, oh my gosh, if we can do this at 30,000 feet in the sky, surely we can start asking our residents in our dining room what they would like to drink rather than just having lists and thinking that someone likes orange juice every day because they said one time that they liked it. So we, I started to ask my staff to go around with a beverage service. Uh, we got a dessert service going. And then um, I thought, you know, I'd really like to get the food, the hot food, out into the dining room, not just our big stationary steam tables that staff usually stand behind. Um, and so there really was nothing in the industry like that, that was small and compact and could get out into the dining room and often our dining rooms in healthcare are full of walkers and wheelchairs. So you need something that's very compact and tight, um, but there really wasn't anything out there. So that's, that's why and how the Suzy Q carts got dreamed up. And to back up for a second. So when you, when you started uh, in this line of work all the way back with the dietitians, uh, with the di- becoming a, a dietitian and working in all the different aspects of residential care, was what was the the primary motivator for you just to sort of step into that and to choose that? Because that's, I imagine, a very rewarding industry mm-hmm. um, and and segment of what you're doing, but also very challenging from just an emotional uh, standpoint. So, can you maybe walk us through kind of you know when you were when you were starting, what kind of drew you to that that area? Mm, why I became a dietitian in the first place? <laughs> well, I think yes, I yeah. think yeah. Um, because I, I love how health and food um, can go together and really um, impact someone's life. And so whether or not someone is not getting enough food and you have malnutrition issues or you have medical issues and how food can help with the healing of that or um, all the reasons why we eat. And so if you think about all the reasons why we eat, it's not just for fueling um, a hunger. It really, we socialize with food, we cook with food, we love with food. There's lots of reasons why we eat. And so if you start thinking about the bigger picture of um, how food and dining can impact or does impact our life, and then you marry that with, you know, making sure that people are living their best life from a medical point of view, Um, It really goes well together. And I was sort of a geek in liking sciences and (laughs) that sort of thing. So it sort of made a a perfect combination, actually. Suzanne, I have a question for you. What and and it's it's personal. It's it's important to understand um, that everybody to understand that this is something um, that the development of the Susie Q cart is um, a personal desire for your for you to change the mindset and can you talk about that to to everyone? One thing that I wanted to share is um, my mother several years ago had a Whipple procedure and was um, had so many complications and ended up in the hospital and ICU for several months. And she she wasn't strong enough to go home and went to um, a 
a skilled nursing facility and Mm -hmm. it was it was really traumatic Mm -hmm. and one Mm -hmm. of the things that could have made it less traumatic if she was treated with dignity during you know just in choosing her own meals and um I know some people have deteriorated to the point where that decision, they, they're not capable of making that decision, but there were so many people mm-hmm. that were living in that facility that could make the decision, but they weren't giving, given that, um, that choice. And it, I know that that mindset is something you wanted to change. Can, and, and so if you can kind of talk about that. Sure, sure. It's actually, yeah, it's actually the passion behind the Suzy Q is exactly what you um, just said, is, is really bringing true choice and the culture change um, back into the dining room. And people feel that as soon as someone moves into residential care, that they have lost all ability to make decisions. And that is just not true. The research is not showing us that is is that people do have the fundamental right to make the ability to self-determine. And what happens, unfortunately, is, is that with poor leadership and poor direction and poor training with some of our staff or staff in residential care is, is that they just feel that they just quote unquote know the residents so well that they just make the decisions on their behalf. And I'm, my mission in life is to sort of say that is not your job. Your job is to um, buy the food, prepare the food, make wonderful food and offer the food, but it is a resident's fundamental right to self-determine if and what goes on their plate or what they are served. And I think we've lost that ability to pause and to listen and then try and serve. Now, if a resident is absolutely not able to make a decision, which I actually um, would push back on because I think sometimes how we actually communicate with our residents uh, needs to improve. But there's lots of ways to communicate, both verbal and nonverbal. And we, as a, as a team in healthcare, really need to zone in on how to do that better. And so I'm not saying, when I say choice, I'm not saying we need to make 20 different things for dinner because we don't do that in our own house. But we do have options. And sometimes our choice is how much would you like? Would you like just um, just mashed potatoes or a big serving of mashed potatoes or a little serving or do you want something else? So sometimes we have to be careful about how we say the word choice um, and what does that mean because some people think that oh now our workload is going to increase so much more because we are offering choice and the answer of that is no not one of the 700 homes that has Suzy Q carts actually um, requires more staffing it's really just a reorganization of hands on deck and really um, having some clear direction as to who is doing what. And I think with the whole Suzy Q card system, that's why I invest so much time and energy in doing education and support to the end users. So it's not just a card. It really is a whole program to help that community find their solution in making sure that it's resident focused. Well, I just wanted to say, you know, thank you. And for hopefully we'll have a lot of listeners in that arena because the thing that I find um, a, a personal passion of mine, just so you know, is um, just elder care and hospice, palliative care. 
and um, the way doctors interact, and not just doctors, any anybody serving somebody who's needing medical help, whether they're a resident somewhere in a hospital, is this shift from the way they're treated when they're in that bed or seen as a patient to if they had, say, you know, the clothes you and I might wear to work. The minute you put on a hospital gown or something, a human being seems to go away, fade in importance a little bit. And um, it, it's something that um, I notice when I'm interacting with the hospice patient, they are um, less, there's they, perceived less than somehow. I don't really know how to articulate what I want to say to you, except for if, if we could all realize that we're going to die. And we might possibly do that in a prolonged state in residence care somewhere. And so wouldn't it behoove all of us to get on board with, um, you know, not just the Susie Q, but, mm-hmm. but in developing other things in our care. And so hopefully people listening will take that to heart. The Susie Q can at least help mm-hmm. for three times mm-hmm. a day, at least three times a day, the three times a day that those people are most looking forward to um, can really help somebody's care and healing. Mm-hmm. Well, I often say that the Suzy Q is the vehicle to help get the job done. But the bigger job is that we're really, uh, we're living in their home. And we need to remember who's in charge. And the residents need to be in charge. It's their home, it's their life. And we are there as a as staff, really as an honor to be in their house. And so when we start making decisions and that uh, responsibility shift happens, um, that's when I usually see things going downhill. So part of my job is I really um, am a strong believer in the culture change movement and really bringing true choice. And I lean on uh, best practices. So um, the journal of, um, you know, all our nutrition best practice journals, uh, the Pioneer Network Dining Standards. These are fundamental um, organizations that have done the research and telling us in best practices that we need to um, really support the residents in their home. Um, And guess what? When people actually like the dining experience better, they actually eat better. And malnutrition is a massive issue in residential care. Um, they say the rate of malnutrition is anywhere between 23 to 85% in residential care. And so a lot of the time, what we're trying to do is we're just trying to make, um, allow people to um, not get um, malnourished, anemic, weight loss, and just really enjoy that whole dining experience um, better. And so I think that the Suzy Q, by bringing uh, food table side and interacting directly with the residents, Um, and asking them what they would like before we plate anything, that allows the residents to be in the driver's seat. And that's what I'm passionate about. You know, one of the things that that you mentioned um, about bringing food and and giving choices, I think part of what what I've seen um, in the school side, and Carrie and I have interviewed some people on our podcast and have a a few more upcoming from uh, from the school side, is the evolution of food. Uh, and nutrition from from you know truly an institutional kind of your three squares to 
you know, middle schools and high schools and elementary schools offering a wide range of foods and cook-to-order stuff and just a lot of different options. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about in the residential care, maybe even just healthcare overall on a broader scale, the evolution that you've seen since you've been in the industry of the quality of the food and the amount of food options and how that also plays in addition to allowing the the guest or the customer to choose, but just having those those, uh, different options as opposed to maybe 20, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm encouraged is what I can start off by saying. I, I'm I'm seeing some movement happening in in uh, residential care, which is great. Sometimes you walk into these communities and you think, gosh, nothing's changed in 30 or 40 years. Um, I think we're finally starting to get our head around the concept that we we really should be leaning on the hospitality industry. And, you know, there's so many exciting things happening, as well as baby boomers are aging and they are the freight train of people that are going to demand change. We cannot do the same, you know, the way we've been doing um, it for years and years. That being said, I'm actually in um, the work that I do and I do, you know, I travel and speak at conferences. At the last conference I was at last year, I was actually shocked when I asked a room full of food managers who work in healthcare, how many of you are on tray service? And 80, 90% of the room put up their hand. And so what that said to me is we have a lot of work to do in uh, residential care. And when I talk about residential care, I'm talking everything from assisted living to um, palliative care, to memory care, to skilled nursing care, um, sort of the whole gamut, anywhere, anything that's besides acute care, where your hospital stay is usually three to five days. I'm talking about this is this is where they live. And I really think that we've got a lot of work to do. We need to lean on the hospitality industry. Um, but we also need strong leadership to show up. And so I it's not that I'm against tray service, but I just feel like it's not a great option in residential care. And it actually, um, mobile table side service is a really solid um, way to do it. But you can also get creative with action stations and having the cook come out into the dining room and actually cooking up omelets or um, doing a, you know, uh, meet and greet time and uh, um, interacting with their customers. So I think that there's lots of different ideas out there. We need to be able to have the freedom and the creativity to think differently and outside the box um, that the that the only option is not just tray service. And but when you talk about the evolution of dining services for healthcare clients, one of the things I wonder is especially in um, you know if you're not in acute care but you're in a, you're living somewhere and um, do you see a time or is it already happening where patients bypass the the services from the dietary manager or from the food services operation at the facility or home um, and go use a meal delivery app? Like is Uber Eats going to show up in long-term care? And I think if, I think in some ways, if people are that annoyed about some things, yeah, I can see, you know, the generations are changing and we rely so much now on technology. I can see that coming. So um, I haven't seen a 
done yet, but that doesn't mean that it can't happen or won't happen. But, um, you know, and one of my most interesting stories that I came across is a couple of years ago, just talking about technology, is that a daughter came to visit her dad in a residential care community at Christmas Day, and she was so upset with the meal that her dad received on Christmas Day that she took a photo of it with her phone and she put it on her social media um, Facebook page. And that story went international. And so what I'm saying to uh, food managers or operators is Times are changing. You have to bring people into the conversation in residential care with how you do food service. You cannot just assume. You can't just read lists. You can't just give lousy choices and not bring the um, the resident into the conversation. Because if you continue to do that, your senses are going to go down. Um, you're going to get tagged by surveyors. And guess what? People aren't going to live in your home and empty Empty beds means low, you know, you're not going to fill your revenue and people are going to move to homes down the street that are doing meal service better. Um, Meal service is such a focus of a resident's day. And if we, we do that three times a day for an hour a time, that's three hours a day. If that dining experience is lousy, then guess what? People are going to walk with their money. And I think at the end of the day, that's what happens. And I've had um, feedback from communities saying um, that residents come to their community just because of how they do meal service better with the Suzy Q. That's great. One of the questions I wanted to ask you is, you know, you mentioned earlier that you've had over 700 uh, locations that have said yes to the Mm Suzy Q cart system, and uh, you've seen a a really positive response. Can you share what maybe their aha moment was for them to listen to you and say, you know what, that's a great idea, or did they seek you out? Because you also mentioned that, you know, a lot of places that don't do it, you think it, it possibly could be you know, maybe just a lack of understanding or they're not thinking about, hey, we can give, you know, simple choices or maybe it's a lack of leadership. Mm-hmm. So what were some of the the aha moments for the, the customer that said, hey, mm-hmm. we want this thing? Right. Well, I think underlining their main uh, frustrations tend to be cold food. I hear about that a lot. Um, they're frustrated with the cold food either uh, that the residents get or they just hear about. Uh, they know they're throwing out a ton of money in the garburetor, like thousands and thousands of dollars going down the garburetor. Uh, they're frustrated with the um, customer service piece to the resident. And I think ultimately they know that this is not how you and I eat at home. And so they have a desire to make it as more normal and as, as home-like as possible. And Let's face it, getting a tray put down in front of you or having staff just kind of throw, I call it the throw and go method where they literally are throwing plates of plated food in front of residents and there's that lack of pausing and stopping and listening. I think that true leadership, strong leadership shows up and says, you know what, we can do better than this. Um, 
And the other side of it is, is that there are people out there that go, nah, it's fine the way it is. And you're never going to change those people. And so I don't actually like spending a lot of my time and energy on those folks because it's just too much. It's too hard. They need to get on board. They need some education and um, inspiration. So it's usually... Uh, you know, good leadership and, and people that can think outside the box and be prepared for the journey of what this is. So I often, when I'm working with communities, I say to them, you know, buying a Suzy Q card is actually not your first step. It's probably step number five. Your first steps is what is wrong right now with what we're doing? What could be better? And having that conversation with staff, with family, with residents, and get their feedback. Do a survey, doing a dining experience survey. And Carrie, wouldn't you have loved to have done that in some of the situations your mom was at? Like to really tell the food service people, okay, this isn't acceptable. This is not, they could be so much better. And if my mom was more involved in this conversation, I bet you she would be um, better nourished. And then as a family member, I would be happier because I know that my mom is being taken as good of care of nutritionally as possible. And so I really feel that sometimes we have to invest in the conversation as to what is not going well and what could be better. And if we've done our homework and you get that buy-in, then the staff really help move this change forward. Otherwise, it can be, feel really hard just for a loan manager. So when I'm working with communities, I'm really um, trying to get um, a sense as to get my finger on the pulse as to how are they in that culture change journey. Are they on board? Are they going to get lots of resistance? Or um, are they... You know, how are they going to go forward? And that's where I invest a lot of my time and energy. I spend a lot of time on the phone um, and email and supporting these communities in their effort. And I'll be their number one cheerleader in the journey of it. Well, thank you, Suzanne, for that. I'll tell you, um, we, we did talk to the to the facility several times. And um, that's a reminder that everybody needs an advocate, mm-hmm. um, on the, uh, I'll say, on the outside. Um and to this day, my, let's see, she, she went home finally just before Mother's Day, um, seven, seven years ago, and um, she still will not eat eggs because mm-hmm. um, that's mm-hmm. what they served for breakfast every morning in some form or fashion. And she just she cannot even <laughs> yep. look at an yep. egg uh, t- t- today still. And, and you know, they did stop serving, but she was oh, afraid to say anything for the longest period of time um, because mm-hmm. she felt there would be some retribution. And But she was losing weight also, and they threatened her that they wouldn't let her go home unless she gained weight. Well, she was like, well, then quit feeding me those damn eggs, you know? Um, and they, they did, they did finally listen, but when it was time for her to go back in, you know what, that was my biggest thing. When I told them, look, I have a choice where she goes. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. she didn't want eggs Mm -hmm. all the time. What are you going to do about that? And, you know, but, uh, anyway, I, I, you know, thank you for, 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 um, everything that you're doing. And, um, I hope that people listen to what you just said about don't start with just the Susie Q cart. Look at everything that you're doing. And, um, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe administrators need to stay 
and their where they work. They need to stay as you know, as residents, as guests for a few days and see what it's like. Well, well, that's actually one of the things that I actually, yeah, that's actually one of the things I recommend to managers is actually be a resident in your dining room. Like be in there from start to finish, sit there with a resident and have meal service just like they do. When was the last time the accountant did that or the administrator or the director of care or the dietitian, or the activity coordinator, or any of these key leadership people, when was the last time they really, really understood what was going on? Not just fly in and fly out of the dining room. And one of the things that I actually started doing when I um, was um, a manager at Communities was uh, I actually put our management team on a coffee serving schedule so that they were in the dining room the entire meal hour at least once a week so that they could see what was really going on. Because if you understand what's going on, then you're, you're sending a message to the staff, to family members, and then you can make good decisions going forward with, with your resources, which is staffing and money. So, yeah, I think sometimes we don't really know what's going on. I think we think we know what's going on, but, um, you know, that's a, it's a good, and it, someone like me can actually say that to, to a community and say, when was the last time you actually was in the dining room for the entire hour? And I bet you it's been never or a long, long time ago. So the other thing I just wanted that, to that's mention. That's a great point. Mm-hmm, the other thing I just wanted to mention was is that we actually designed um, as two styles of Suzy Q carts based on the type of community it is. So uh, we realized that, you know, the regular Suzy Q would hold meals for about 20 to 40 residents um, and has options there. It can look pretty with laminate. It can have a menu holder on it. It can have a warming drawer feature, that sort of thing. But then we had these communities that had little dining rooms that like our memory care folks that are maybe 10 to 20 folks or na- little mini neighborhoods. So we made a mini Suzy Q and that's been really popular as well. So it really depends on their layout. So one of the things I do when I work with a community is I really try to understand how they're laid out tell me about your dining rooms tell me how many residents are in each area tell me about your number of staff and I really help them figure out what the best solution is for them moving forward that's great that's great well thank you uh so much for for sharing all that and I think you really uh, brought up a lot of good points just in general about the, the overall dining experience and the, the guests that are that are staying there in these different facilities and and giving them the choice even if it's as simple of would you like a little mashed potatoes or mm-hmm. would you like a lot of mashed potatoes uh, even something that simple can can really go a long way so thank you so much for sharing that with with our audience um, and before we get out of here we have a little fun segment uh, that we do if you're up for it it's called fire the board and it is a series of rapid fire questions that we ask you that are just fun and lighthearted. Um, and it's called fire the board because in the uh, it's a back of the house kitchen term that refers to uh, when there's a lot of uh, meals that are standing by but not yet uh, finished for the dining room and everybody uh, in the dining room decides that they want their food at the same time then the chef will say okay fire this ticket fire that ticket and then eventually he'll say all right fire the board and that means just cook everything as fast as you can all at once and, ah. and out it goes so in that spirit we'll ask some some fun questions uh for you if you are ready so carrie yeah, are you ready sure. i'm ready 
All right, I'll lead off the first one. So, Suzanne, favorite food? Thai food. Thai food, all right. What are you binge watching right now? Uh, uh, um, this is us. Beer or wine? Wine. What's your favorite vacation spot? Uh, traveling anywhere with my backpack that's ex- exotic and different. So uh, we're off to Peru this year, and we did Morocco last year. The last great restaurant meal that you had? Uh, going for sushi with my family. Suzanne, what's the last great book that you read? It's called Girl, Wash Your Face. Oh, I want to read that. It's on my it's mm-hmm. on my list. Peanut butter, crunchy or smooth? Smooth. Coffee or tea? Coffee. <laughs> uh, the last sporting event or musical event or theatrical play that you attended? Uh, I was in a volleyball tournament uh, with my daughter watching and cheering and scorekeeping all weekend. Oh, yay. How'd she do? <laughs> yeah, they did really well, actually. It was fun. And uh, what song, Suzanne, are you embarrassed to admit that you listen to? That would definitely mm-hmm. be the the, uh, the current Jonas Brothers uh, song that just came out called Sucker. Because I have teenage daughters. <laughs> <laughs> That's the current soundtrack to your life right now? <laughs> Well, let's just say it's on it's on playing in the car in the house regularly. <laughs> and I like it. I like That's it. That's great. That's great. All right. Well, that, that finished up our Fire the Board segment. So, uh, Suzanne, we can't thank you enough for spending time. We know you're a busy person, so for spending so much time and chatting with us and, and really mm-hmm. sharing some, some great stories and some great insight uh, to to the industry and discussing your Suzy Q cart. So we, uh, we thank you so much. And Carrie, do you have anything to add before we get out of here? No, nope, I, I really enjoyed this and hope we get to talk to you again soon. Wonderful. Thank you both for the opportunity. It's a pleasure. Thank you. And thank you everyone for listening to the food service for thought podcast. We will be back in two weeks with another episode. And please, if you have time, subscribe, rate and review. Thanks for listening. Thanks. <laughs>